you know, merely teaching our children to obey, well, that doesn't guarantee good character qualities. It, it's character that influences decisions. It shows up in our speech, our actions, and our attitudes. It's about who we are and what we do. Kathy Cook is well aware that the world is competing for the hearts of our kids, and we see its negative impact when we see attitudes of selfishness, laziness, entitlement. So this morning, we're looking forward to reconnecting with the president of Celebrate Kids to dig into how we as Jesus-following parents and grandparents and Sunday school teachers, how we can parent differently. Kathy, welcome back to the Morning Conversation. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, this morning we're going to be uh, kind of having our conversation around a book that you just recently released uh, called Parent Differently, which I love that title, Raising Kids with Biblical Character and uh, That Changes Culture. I love so much about that title. Talk to me about, first of all, uh, because you always have intention in the books that you write, and typically it's grounded in things that you're seeing as you are ministering to families and kids. Tell us what that is. What were you seeing? What were you experiencing in your ministry that made you go, I need to write this book? Yeah, thanks for asking that. I've written about character a lot in my books, and it's always been a positive. People have always responded positively to what I've said in my other books. And then I just realized, right, character is just on the downfall. Mm -hmm. Um, Technology is robbing children of the right heart. It's allowing us and our kids to be self-centered, selfish, um, entitled. We don't like to use effort because everything should be easy. So technology has warped people's perspectives about character. Then another thing I saw was parents' frustration with obedience. And I understand that. It's not fun when your kids are disobedient and, you know, arguing and complaining and impatient and whatever. And kids need to be taught how to be effective with their character, right? You know, we skip and Jill, the one, two, threes, and the ABCs, we have to skill and Jill character because of the sin nature. It's actually harder to learn to be obedient. And yet I think parents are, are rushed and overwhelmed for obvious reasons. These are hard days. And I wanted parents to have a tool that would allow them to, you know, slow down and actually teach the character qualities. And another reason I wrote the book and the title, Character That Changes Culture, I want children to know that they can do that now. I mm-hmm. want children to empower to know that they can be agents of positive change. They don't wow. have to grow up. When you're kind to your piano teacher, you change her day. She goes home and mm-hmm. it changes her family. When you don't cheat in school when others do, you change the culture of your class because mm. not everybody's doing it. I want kids to know that they can make a difference. Mm, I love that because so often we hear the opposite, right? Culture changes kids' character. Like, yeah. So I love that, that vision of like, no, your character can change the culture. Whenever I have conversations and think about specific topics, as simple as it is, I always like to go back to the definition of what we're talking about. I always find it insightful and helpful in getting in sync and getting kind of new thoughts unlocked. So as familiar as we all are with the word character, can you define that for us? When you talk about character, what are we talking about and why why is it so important? I was fascinated to find out that the root, the character has Greek and Latin roots, and it has to do with being engraved with a distinctive mark. And that's what character is, right? It's our reputation. It engraves us. It's what people talk about and think about it. They go, well, should I, you know, should I hire Kathy Cook? You know, they might think of ability and they might think of my topics. And then I know they're also thinking of how did my character show up the last time that they might have hired me? So it forms our reputation. It is the basis of our decision making. Stan, we make decisions based on our character. And so that's why it's so important because decisions change our destiny, right? Hmm. So it's so, so, 
so important. And then the definition of biblical character, you notice it's not called Christ-like character. Most people talk about Christ-like character. So important, of course, that we become like Jesus, and yet he's perfect. And so to be thinking about Christ-like character for some children is a bit, you know, unrealistic, perhaps. But mostly I called it, I, I wanted to talk about biblical character because I don't want us to ignore the Old Testament and I don't want us to ignore Father God. He has much wisdom to share about our character, as do the Bible heroes, Esther and Daniel and Paul and David and Moses and Caleb and Ruth and Naomi. There's so many people who are positive examples for us and our kids that we can um bring out to our children's understandings. And then the one another's of the New Testament and the fruit of the Spirit and Micah. And there's just so many places where we learn about our character, of course, the entire book of Proverbs. So I want to say to parents, use the whole Bible, hmm. the names and attributes of God, the names and attributes of Christ. Use the whole scripture when talking to your children about who you want them to become. Kathy, where's our disconnect? Where's our, our, our kids, our society's disconnect between character and the fruit of character? Because, you know, obviously, if we think logically and maturely and biblically about character, why would we not want character in our life? Like, because of what it produces, like honesty produces good fruit. Hard work produces good fruit. You know, integrity produces great things in our lives and in our relationships. But uh, but why isn't it, why isn't it more readily, easily embraced, adopted, pursued? Why do we need to write about it, talk about it, drill on it? I love that. I think there's there's two reasons that come to my mind. One would be parents realize that they have to have biblical character. Mm. One of the realities is that kids become like who we are. Mm. They they need to be taught, and of course, we also role model for them. So if there's a parent listening to us right now and they're lacking integrity, they know that they have no right to talk to their kids about integrity. So I wonder if we're afraid to talk or teach about character, both at, at school, church, and at home, because we recognize we're lacking. Uh, and yet, one of the things I hope happens with my book is that the family unit discusses it. I hope moms read it, share it with husbands. I hope dads read it, share it with wives. And I hope they sit down with their kids. And I hope they read paragraphs out loud. I hope they answer the questions in the back of each chapter. And I hope the kids decide to, to part with their parents and the whole family is going to work on gratitude. The whole family is going to work mm. on self-control. And then I think another reason that character gets dismissed is that the emphasis is obedience. The emphasis is what we see our children doing or not doing that irritates us. And what I say in this book that I think is insightful, and I hope people agree, is that all disobedience is rooted in a lack of character. And so rather than, you know, stop arguing, stop arguing, stop arguing, let's think about why they argue. What are the character qualities that they're lacking that are causing them to demand their own way or whatever. And let's teach those and talk about those and emphasize those. So rather than stop arguing, maybe we say, I need you to be flexible right now. I need you to be able to change the plan. Grandma's sick. We can't go to her house. It's not her fault. I need you to be flexible in your thinking. That's a character quality that if kids have it, will decrease arguing. I want to dive into a couple of different things you, you said there. One was just talking about parents walking with their kids so that we all, all are God, seeking to develop whatever the particular character quality that we're talking about and working on. So talk about that a little bit more, because that's one thing that I know even with our family that was super helpful and good when our kids were growing up. I, there weren't a lot of books on character that we could find. I like that picture of, you know, even beyond whether or not we are nailing up character quality. Hey, let's be, let's be developers of character with our kids and go, let's all grow in the in character. So talk about that because I think that's a really freeing thing. I appreciate that. One of the 
ways that I would love parents to live out character in front of their children is to talk out loud about the effect character has. So in other words, if you go to work and you forgot that there was an, you were supposed to turn in a report at two o'clock and it slipped your mind and your supervisor knocks on your door and says, Hey, what about that report? You're like, Oh, Oh, I've, I got, I got distracted by this other project. I'm so sorry. So then how do you deal with that? So then you go home and you say to your kids, man, you know, dad made a mistake today. Hmm. Totally, you know, forgot about this, had not put it on my calendar. My supervisor was um, disappointed. I'm going to have to work now to develop trust again. And I, I'm going to have to stay up late. I've got to get this report done. And then on the other hand, too, you know, when we have a good day, when we were found to be diligent and to use effort, when we were found to be careful and detailed in our work, and we were affirmed for that on a committee at church or, you know, something that we were doing with a family member or at, or at work, we say to our kids, my choice to be careful, to proofread, to be detailed, um, my boss noticed that. And I didn't do that to be noticed. I did mm-hmm. it because it's the right thing to do. But man, it, it felt good. It, contentment comes from making the wisdom choices that we're capable of. So that's what I want us to role model to our kids is the effect character has. Because I think that's hidden sometimes. And we don't admit to our kids that we're a part of the action. But you know what? We have greater authority with our kids when we admit that we struggle mm-hmm. too. Yep. Because they're not going to come to us and say, Dad, I blew it if they think we never blow it because they don't think that we can understand what they might be going through. Kathy, a little bit ago, you also talked about uh, this whole difference between obedience and character, the connection, but like, I'd love to talk about that a little bit more, dive in that a little bit more, because again, we talk a lot about obedience as parents. We think a lot about obedience as parents. We want to demand obedience as parents. We frustrate when we don't have get obedience from parents. But what I, what I heard you saying earlier was just going for obedience, if we're not careful, can be kind of an external, trying to get the kid to line up externally and not really deal with the heart and the roots underneath the lack of obedience. So yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that concept. Yeah, that's really well stated, right? If we are parents, educators who deal with obedience, then we have to be there for them to be good because it becomes rule following. They're obedient to earn a reward or they're obedient so they're not punished. And that means we have to be there. I don't want them depend. I don't want them to be dependent upon us. I want them to be dependent upon their heart that is oriented toward righteousness and um, right thinking and, and right being and right feeling. And that means that we talk about character because that's with them wherever they go, 24-7, 365, and we're not able to always be there. And rules change, right? You know, there's this rule at home and this rule at grandma's and this rule at school and this rule at church. And it can become really difficult and, and really um, difficult for kids to discern who's in charge in this setting and what rule works here. So I'm not opposed to teaching rules and in, helping kids understand that this is why we have this rule when we have guests in our home. And this is why that rule is not in effect when there are no guests in our home. But what if you simply taught your kids to have compassion and other centeredness and all these kinds of qualities 24 seven, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, um, I think there's a consistency that comes from character. And I think what, what kids say is that they like the change inside. And that's, I think that's important. Kathy, I'm kind of picturing watching, observing some good invested parents over the years. The phrase I hear a lot is in, in those parents that are really seeking to invest in their kids and make sure that their kids are, are growing. And a phrase I hear often is, you need to choose to obey right now, right? You need to choose to obey. Good phrase, but you talk about also working with them to choose character, not just choose an action of obedience. So not just choose action, but choosing character. So I guess break that down. What do you mean by that? Well, first, I I love that you brought this up because the choice is a powerful word. Mm -hmm. And I want our listeners to understand that all behavior starts with choice. 
They choose to be disrespectful. They choose to be honest. They choose to be grateful. They choose to be careful. They choose to be other-centered or not. And so when we when we say, you know, you made a wise choice when they do something good, that reminds them that that was within their power to do. So rather than choose to obey, I would probably say choose. you can choose to be patient. You can choose to be other-centered right now. You can choose to be kind to grandmother who isn't feeling well. These are all choices you can make. You know, obedience is such a big word, right? It's such a big thing. Like, what in the heck is it? <laughs> but we, you know, we can have patience and goodness and kindness and joy and um, gratitude and courage. These are specific things that we can define for children and that kids can talk with us about. And I think, again, it's very, very empowering. So if a child chooses to be other-centered, kind, and brave, they will be obedient. Hmm. Character is something they control. Obedience to children feels like we control that. Kathy, there's a lot of different character qualities that are out there that we can choose from. What would be your priorities if you were to encourage parents to begin to dive into this whole area of character? I would prioritize gratitude, not forced thankfulness to get another gift, but living a life of gratitude. And the second one is joy. And for believers, of course, that is rooted in our relationship with Jesus. So that is a um, an essential, non-negotiable, constant part of who we are that we ought not let culture rob us from. And then the third most important one is self-efficacy, which simply means that I believe I can be effective. So if you say it's your turn to empty the dishwasher, or please go help your sister put her toys away, or remember you need to study your vocabulary words, they believe they can effectively do that. That's why they don't whine, they don't complain, and they don't push back. Those three are the foundation of first-time obedience, according to the research. I was thinking about when you said self-efficacy, my granddaughter, we had him over for about a week, but she was melting down <laughs> a bit. And I said, you need to stop right now. And she said, uh, I can't. <laughs> I said, yes, you can. And she did. Right. I think she literally thought she couldn't do it. Oh, she was caught up in the emotion and she was like, I don't think I can do this. I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah. Kids need us to be optimistic and and hopeful for them. And we need to let them try. Hmm. If we're always doing it for them, then they won't think they can. And again, then they're dependent upon us. And I don't want them always dependent upon us. A healthy independence, right? Dependent when they need to be and independent when they can be. And, and to the glory of God, that's what we want. So Kathy, you write that uh, character traits are connected and that understanding this is key to teaching character. So that's a big statement there. I'm like, okay, I want to hear that because that's that's a big statement. I had an encounter at an airport. I won't give you all the details, but I was able to be patient in a situation when others around me were not. And I wasn't happy, but I was able to be patient. And it dawned on me that that's because I'm other-centered. I will put others first. It's because I'm optimistic and think well of people. It's because... I'm humble and don't think that I'm, you know, more important than somebody else in the line. Every character quality has others that are, are connected. Mm. Compassion gives rise to service. Courage gives rise to discernment. And I, I could go on and on. So it's the idea that the, they connect and they, they form this firm foundation. So again, we don't, we don't just talk to our kids about why aren't you more patient? We maybe realize they're not patient because they're selfish. Mm. So then we say, you know, if you cared more about your brother, you wouldn't be in the state of mind you're in right now. How can I help you love your brother better in this moment? I think when people read the book, I think they'll see what I developed there. And I think you'll be able to do it. 
sit down with leadership teams all the time with ministries, help them kind of process through core principles. And I only let them have three, actually, <laughs> because three is all you need, because I see them as a lever, a cultural lever, you know, that helps them move in that direction. But it won't just stay with those three, kind of grab other things and write things along the way. You know what I'm saying? It'll, it'll create your culture. It won't just stay to those three things. But if you focus on those three, it'll move a lot of other things as well. Totally. And if you have 10, you don't do anything because it's just overwhelming and you don't know where to start. I think you'll appreciate, I don't know if you saw this in the book, but I talk in the book about one of the reasons to establish um, character with your children is it's a core way you pass on family values. If you have, And so the same thing would be at the corporate or the church sector. If you have values, how are they passed on? By the right character, because character changes culture. Kathy, in what ways does both the positive and negative consequences help kind of build the character in our kids? Yeah, that's kind of like what I was saying before about the dad who admits, you know, I, I got distracted and overwhelmed by a different project I preferred to do. So I didn't do what my boss needed me to do. And now he doesn't think well of me and I'm going to have to rebuild trust. So the consequence of not doing it is a lowered expectation, a lack of trust for my supervisor, anxiety in me. You know, so we, we got to talk about those things. And what I want to, what I want to say to parents is, let the consequences do their job. You know, if your kids gossip and they don't seem to think that, you know, holding their tongue matters, they're going to find out their friends don't trust them with, you know, intimate details right. of their lives anymore. Yep. You know, if their kids are found to be liars, the consequences, I'm going to call your teacher to find out if you're telling me the truth. I'm going to call the neighbor to find out if you're telling me the truth. No, no, you don't need to do that. It's embarrassing. No, I need to do it because we have caught you in some lies and we need to train you to be honest. And so this is, we're going to check up on you. And once we find a, a several good reports in a row, we'll back off and do it occasionally. But yeah, we, we've, we, we need to let consequences do their work. Why? Because it's how we live lives as adults. That struck me several times with, again, my, my kids as they were growing up, just realizing that if I'm not careful as a parent, I could allow them to experience something in my home that they would never experience in the world a lack of consequences for poor decisions, right? When you get into the world. Yeah, no, they work in the world. They work at the workplace. They work relationally. Right. They work in college. Right. Absolutely. So if we rescue our kids because we're afraid that we might look bad if our kid struggles. Oh, please, parents. Kids will struggle. They're children. I would pray that it would not be your choice to manipulate your children so that you look better in your social network. That's that's not healthy. I understand it. I understand it because we're all broken, but it's not healthy. So, Kathy, as you can think think about this area, and you've got we've got parents listening this morning. Kind of give a give a final encouragement, exhortation of why they should really look seriously if they have not done it up to this point. Really look seriously at this whole area of character and uh, and being very intentional about investing in their kids and potentially tapping into this resource? What comes to my mind at the end here is to believe that your children are worth it. Your children are worth your investment. Your children were created for such a time as this in the image of God with good gifts to work in advance. Ephesians 2.10 declares that. So we need to give them the character that allows them to be heard and seen in positive ways. We, I believe children are right now so capable of being ambassadors for Christ and agents of positive you know, love and change. So do you believe that? When we believe children are significant now, as Jesus did, children, when Jesus walked on earth, children were ignored and they were hidden. But when the learned men said, who among us is the greatest, Jesus called out a child. Mm. Jesus, the busiest man who ever lived with a more important agenda than we'll ever have, took time to bless children. 
And we need to remember that, that children are worth our investment and we need to put our devices down and slow down and invest in a heart transformation moment with the Holy Spirit so that they become who they can be. Mm-hmm and have the opportunities that God's created them to have, because if they have negative character, they won't be able to step into those spaces. Well, Kathy, (laughs) you know we love having you on the conversation. Thanks so much for the work that you've poured into this new book. We know it's going to help so many families, and thanks for spending another morning with us. Well, thank you so much. So good to be with you today.